Specialty Story, session number 56. Whether you're a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. And welcome to Specialty Stories, a podcast which is part of the MedEd Media Network at mededmedia.com. Thank you for taking the time to join me, Dr. Ryan Gray, here today. I appreciate you. Uh, and I wish you a happy, happy new year as this podcast is going out on January 3rd, 2018. I hope you have a great new year with tons of great adventures in store. Today, I want to talk about neurosurgery. Neurosurgery is one of those, what I, what I think as these folklore residencies that's super hard to get into. And so we're going to dive into the data today. Now, I've had an academic neurosurgeon on before. You can check that episode out at episode 20 of this podcast. I have one request of you today, and that is to subscribe to this podcast. Did you know that we're in Spotify now? You can check us out in Spotify. We're on every Android phone. You need to download a specific app, though, which makes it a little bit harder, but it's super easy to do. Podcast Addict is the app that I recommend or you can use Spotify, you can use Stitcher, you can use Google Play Music, whatever it is on Android. And then the podcast app on iOS is the best way to subscribe on an iPhone or iPad. Let's dive in to the data. So the data I get every time from the NRMP. Now, if you Google NRMP match data, it'll take you to the website where all this data lives. And the PDF that I'm looking at is titled Results and Data 2017 main residency match. So we'll go through this data and I will give you some commentary on it, what it means, what it looks like, what maybe you should be thinking about if you are interested in neurosurgery. So let's look at the PDF and the first table we come to is table one. This is the match summary for 2017. And if you look down the list, neurological surgery is on there. It doesn't say neurosurgery, so a lot of people might miss it. It's neurological surgery is how they list it in the match data for the NRMP. And you look at the columns, and it has number of programs, positions offered, how many unfilled programs there are. So one of the first things that stands out to me is that there are zero unfilled programs. Now, there's lots of zeros in this column, but most of them are very unusual, uh, very uh, niche down specialties inside of medicine, inside of pediatrics. OBGYN is the exception on here with zero unfilled programs. And so that tells you right off the bat that there are lots of people applying to neurosurgery and that they are getting filled. Now, one of the other huge things that stands out is column two, positions offered, right? So you look at the first column, number of programs, and it says that there are 107 programs, not a ton. Emergency medicine, 191. Anesthesiology, 124. Anesthesiology is closer, so let's look at anesthesiology compared to neurosurgery. 107 programs for neurosurgery, 218 
positions. 107 programs, 218 positions. Just over two spots per program. And when you compare that to anesthesiology, 124 programs and 1,202 positions, that's almost 10 spots a program. So there are not a ton of spots, not a ton of programs, but every program is super, super small on average. So that's something to keep in mind as you think about neurosurgery and trying to understand, especially if you're early on in your journey, whether you're pre-med or, or starting off in medical school, if you are dead set on being a neurosurgeon, you better buckle down for medical school and kick you-know-what to make sure that you have great board scores, that you have great grades, that your AOA, and we'll look at the AOA data a little bit later, and we'll look at board scores a little bit later, but just based on the fact that there are only 218 spots in this country for the MD match, right? This is just NRMP. This is just MD match data. And I'm actually not sure if there's any DO neurosurgery programs. I'd assume there are. I haven't looked at that data. But 218 spots, you need to do well. All right, so 218 spots, number of applicants, 212 U.S. seniors. And again, just to remind you what U.S. seniors means for this information, U.S. seniors is somebody who's in an allopathic, an MD program, who is still in school, who's a senior in school. This does not include... U.S. grads, allopathic grads who are now taking a gap year, doing research, doing something else, who have graduated. So 212 U.S. seniors are applying for the 218 positions offered. There are 311 total applicants for those 218 spots. So we'll talk about where those other students are coming from, the other 99 students, where they are coming from. The number of matches, 183 of the 218 were U.S. seniors. So the majority, the far majority of those matching, 83.9% of those matching are U.S. seniors at an allopathic medical school. So it's hard and it's favoring students at allopathic medical schools. All right, so then we look at table two, which tells us and breaks it down for us where these 218 students are coming from. Who are they? So when you look at it, 218 spots, all 218 were filled. We already said 83.9% of those were U.S. seniors. Another 15 of those students are U.S. grads, meaning they, they probably took a year off. Maybe they didn't match their first time around, and so they went and did some research, they did something else, maybe they were planning on taking research all, all along. So there were 15 U.S. grads, again, allopathic grads, that also matched into neurosurgery. Two osteopathic students matched into neurosurgery. Four U.S. citizen international medical graduates matched into neurosurgery. So you might look at this and go, oh, if I want to go to a neurosurgery program, then it's better for me to go to a Caribbean school than to a DO school. You might look at this data and say that, but thinking that is wrong. You can't draw those conclusions 
as to why there were four U.S. IMGs, international medical grads, and only two osteopathic students that matched. If all four of the students who matched from a U.S. international medical graduate, whether they were in the Caribbean or Australia or Ireland, wherever they went, if all four of those students went to a DO school, they might have still matched because of who they are, not the letters after their name. And so as you evaluate this data, and this is why I love doing these specific match data episodes, you can't draw conclusions that says going to a Caribbean school, going to Australia, going to Ireland is better than going to a DO school if you want to match into neurosurgery. You can't draw those conclusions. The last column, or the second to last column here, non-U.S. citizen international medical graduates. There were 14 of those that matched. So strong students, non-U.S. citizens, international medical grads. They obviously crushed their boards. They had other stuff going for them. They were able to match almost as many students as U.S. graduates for neurosurgery. Looking at table three, neurosurgery has been a slow and steady incline or increase every year for number of positions, 204, 206, 210, 216, 218 over the last five years, a 0.08% increase every year. Looking at table eight, it shows us that the number of positions offered and the percent filled by U.S. seniors versus all applicants, again, from 2013 to 2017. So again, we already said for 2017, 83.9% were U.S. seniors, and that number is pretty high every year. This is actually the lowest year it's been since 2013, 92.6 in 2016, 89.5 in 2015, 91.7 in 2014, 93.1 in 2013. So that tells you a couple things, possibly, right? It doesn't give me any specific information other than this year, 2017, less U.S. seniors matched percentage-wise for the total number of positions offered. Does that mean there were less qualified students matching this year? Does that mean there were more qualified non-U.S. seniors applying this year? I just did some quick math. If there were 13 or so, 14 or so more U.S. seniors that matched, that would raise it closer to 90%, which is still kind of lower than where it's been other than that 89.5%. So that tells you that, that either there were less qualified U.S. seniors applying or right that big number, 14 U.S. or non-U.S. citizen IMGs, that's a, a much uh, that could be a much bigger number than it has been in the past. I don't have that number from historical data unless I go and dig it up, so I don't, I don't know. But there's a lot of, of questions as to why that number dipped so much here in 2017. So table nine, I, I really like looking at just to give you the scope of how big a specialty is. And when you look at neurosurgery, only 0.8% of all applicants matched into neurosurgery, right? So total 27,688 students, 
hundred percent of those applicants or hundred those hundred percent of those students are matching, obviously because that's the data here. Out of the twenty seven thousand six hundred eighty eight, only point eight percent of those are matching into neurosurgery. So it's a very, very, very small specialty. And just to give you uh, an idea of another specialty that's low as well, another surgical subspecialty at least, ENT is 1.1. So not a, a ton higher, but still higher as, um, as another specialty. Looking at figure six, this is one of the, the scary figures in here of unmatched U.S. seniors and independent applicants. So independent applicants here, are the non-U.S. seniors. And neurosurgery has an unmatched percentage of 20.6. So one out of every five students is not matching into neurosurgery. 55.4% of the independent applicants go unmatched. So it's a large percentage of that one out of five. They're coming from the independent applicants, the non-U.S. seniors. And only 10.4%, that's still pretty high, 10.4% of U.S. seniors are unmatched. Now, looking at the rest of the figures, plastic surgery is higher than that at 16.3 for U.S. seniors. Dermatology is higher than that at 13.8%. So it's a, a high percentage, but not the highest. Moving down we look at table 18, which is SOAP, Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program. Neurosurgery, as we talked about in table one, had zero unfilled programs, so no neurosurgery programs needed to participate in the SOAP. All right, so let's move to the charting the outcomes, which is another great document put out by the NRMP. If you just Google again, NRMP match data, it's a couple... Uh, more towards the middle of the page, looking at the charting the outcomes. Now, charting the, charting the outcomes is 2016 data. So the numbers are a little bit off, but still close enough to talk about here to give you some ideas. And so I skipped ahead to chart number three here in this PDF for charting the outcomes for 2016. And it just says percent matched by preferred specialty. And so when you look at neurosurgery, 76% of U.S. allopathic seniors matched into it. That's the third lowest. 71% was vascular surgery, 75% was orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery was 76%. Again, you have to remember this is 2016 data, but it tells you that it's one of the most competitive specialties out there, at least for U.S. seniors, which is these uh, what this table is talking about, this chart. So table two talks about the mean USMLE score for step one and step two CK, which is clinical knowledge versus CS, which is clinical skills. And the mean USMLE step one score for all specialties combined for those who matched was 233. For those who did not match was 230. So keep those numbers in mind, 233 for those who matched, 230 for those who did not. And we'll look more specifically at neurosurgery to look at where their match data is for USMLE board scores. Moving on to chart four, one of the biggest things that I harp on in this podcast, to match, you have to rank a lot of programs. The more programs you rank, 
the, the higher the chance that you will match. And so those who matched in neurosurgery ranked a median number of contigu- contiguous ranks at 16. 16 was the median number, right in the middle. Half were above, half were below. Those who did not match only had a median number of 11. You need to rank enough programs to match. You cannot, if you want to match, you cannot be very picky. And so the question is, are these people not ranking schools or not ranking programs because of location? Or are they not ranking, or or maybe prestige? Or are they not ranking programs because they just did an interview there and decided not to rank them uh, just because? So there's, there's a lot of still question marks in the air why those who did not match didn't have as many programs ranked. Maybe they just were right off the bats, had bad board scores, and didn't get a lot of interviews, and so they ranked less programs because of that. Again, the data is just data. We can't draw conclusions based on this data. We can only make some inferences and and discuss what is possibly behind these numbers, but there's no way of knowing specifically why the numbers are what they are. I love chart five. I talk about not having a plan B a lot in the pre-med years podcast. If you want to be a physician, don't have a plan B of being a PA. Don't have a plan B of being an MP. Don't have a plan B of using your biology degree for something else. If you want to be a physician, figure out how to get there. Obviously, you need to be realistic along the way. You need to put food on the table. You need to do other things. But if you want to be a physician, be a physician. And so chart five talks about the mean number of different specialties ranked by U.S. allopathic seniors. And this chart is telling you those who had a plan B did not match at a much higher percentage in most instances than those who didn't have a plan B, meaning those who almost only matched closer to one program, only one program. And so you look at neurosurgery. Those who matched, the mean number of different specialties ranked was 1.1, meaning the large majority of students only ranked neurosurgery on their rank list. The mean number for those who did not match was 1.4, meaning there were more of those students putting in different, most likely surgical specialties, because that's just if, if you're applying for neurosurgery, that means you like the operating room, which probably means you're applying for maybe general surgery as a backup, right? That backup might hurt you, psychologically might hurt you. And the, the data here shows that it, it kind of leans that way. Most of these specialties on here, those who ranked other specialties at a higher percentage, a higher, higher average, didn't match. All right, then moving on to chart six, let's look at step one score. So we talked earlier about the mean step one score for all specialties was 233. For neurosurgery, the mean step one score for those who matched was at about 249. It's hard to read on this. We'll get to the specific number in a little bit. Those who did not match was closer to 238. So you need to have great, great board scores to match into neurosurgery on average. Same thing for step two scores, right? The mean step two score for all specialties 
was 248, or 244.8, rather. For those who matched into neurosurgery, the number was upwards of 251, 252. For those who did not match, closer to 242. You need to have great board scores if you're planning on being competitive for neurosurgery. So let's go ahead and skip down to table NS1, neurosurgery 1. I like this table just because it lays out all the numbers here. So again, mean USMLE step 1 score, 249 for those that matched, 238 for those who did not, 251 step 2 score, 241 for those who did not match. Research experience, 4.8 versus 4.2, so not a huge difference there. Number of abstracts, presentations, and publications for neurosurgery, 13.4 for those who matched versus only 8.4 for those who did not match. So that's a pretty big number. Research is very important for neurosurgery based on what this tells me. The number of students, percentage of students who were AOA, Alpha Omega Alpha, the the Medical Students Honor Society, based on grades, 30, almost 33% of those who matched were AOA versus only 11.5. And so that just goes back to your grades, right? It's not just having the AOA label. It's having the grades that made you competitive, having the grades which led to AOA. You need those grades. Having the grades which gives you the knowledge to do well in the boards. So you can't look at this and go, oh, I have to be AOA. No, you have to have a solid foundation of of scientific knowledge of all of those courses that you've taken in medical school, which leads to AOA, but it also leads to great board scores. So it's not just the AOA there. Almost 10%, 9.5% of those who matched have a PhD degree versus only seven who did not. That's an interesting number as as well. And again, so 15.7, mean number of contiguous ranks, 15.7 for those who matched, only 10.2 for those who did not. You need to match a lot of programs. You need to rank a lot of programs to increase your chances of matching. All right, so moving on to Medscape Lifestyle Report for 2017. Which physicians are most burnt out? Not surprisingly, neurosurgery isn't on this list because there are just so few neurosurgeons out there that they probably didn't respond at a high enough rate to get the information back and put it into the chart and and calculate it based on all of the other data that came in. So looking at Medscape's physician compensation report for 2017, it's the same thing. Neurosurgery did not have enough representation to be in this list. So I will leave it to you to do some homework and do some research and figure out burnout rates, compensation, and everything else for neurosurgery. Anecdotally, neurosurgery is one of the highest paid specialties out there. So if that's something that's motivating you, which it shouldn't be, but if it is, neurosurgery is up there. Obviously, as we've covered, based on the NRMP match data, it's very, very, very hard to get into neurosurgery. But if this is what you want to do, start now. Make sure you have the solid foundation of your classwork, getting AOA, possibly getting great board scores, 
getting those connections to neurosurgery programs make a great impression as you go through this process. I hope going over this data was helpful for you. I loved doing it. If you have any recommendations for match data or any physicians you want or specialties you want interviewed here on Specialty Stories, just reach out to me, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. And instead of just telling me what specialty you want covered, find a physician who's willing to come on the podcast and email that person to me and introduce us. I hope you have a great week. Have a happy and healthy new year. I'll see you next week here on Specialty Stories.